that. And this is the second time we try to do this recording. A little ditty. A little ditty. If you don't try to improve on what you like doing, is it worth doing? You do try to. Oh, but you do try to improve. Right. Yeah. Everything. What is it? Everything. Everything good is worth trying. No, there's some phrase that I'm not. Okay. So we have a great task in front of us disassemble the awkwardness of a microphone being in front of you before we think we can dive into some dynamic that we don't even understand yet. Let's disassemble what is so awkward about having a fixed microphone in front of our face. Look at that. I like seeing people yawn because to me, a lot of people are like, Oh, they're bored, but I see it as they're finally relaxed. So I, I, trying to get more oxygen. I take consideration that you oh, just yawned because to me, it makes me feel my apologies. Like I brought something up. That's like, okay, I can kind of take a, take a deep breath here and actually like notice the situation I'm in. Deep breaths are good things. Do you think it's because you are processing and you as in like anybody who gets in front of a microphone that you're processing every other time you've listened back to yourself. So that's one. Mm, and you've yeah. always been kind of annoyed with what you heard. Yep. Do you think that's the biggest piece of it? I think that and also getting in my head about who's listening, which is just dumb. And I don't want to go down the route of like who specifically. I will say on the recording that we just tried to do, I did stop it because I thought I'm not a public figure, but I still have a standard for myself. He messed up. So... It's a lot going on, though. We've got this screen, this little tentacle arm, this Lucy's it, breathing heavy. So now we got to like think. We got to take Lucy out. Such amateurs because we are like talking. About it's Allison, the fiance, on the on the microphone with me. Back on the mic. Didn't even introduce her until two and a half <laughs> minutes in. Terrible host. You're a great host. I'm just a bad guest. <laughs> I know. Nice. We need more of you out there. No, you're doing great. I'm terrible. Send in suggestions. <laughs> the next guest. I think there's this playground that you get put in when there's this platform that you have. Yeah. And it's very foreign. Yeah, it's a weird feeling. But when you start to work within it, it gets really fun because you start to play around with how you express yourself, oneself. And then you like catch things on the fly. Well, I'm so jealous of how comfortable you are inside the quote playground. Oh, you think I'm comfortable? (laughs) Well, you act very comfortable. A duck, right? Calm on the top. Crazy on the bottom. Yep. And then where do you go next? Right? Because wait, and then this is probably another piece of it. You're probably hearing yourself. Well, you're not paying attention to what you're saying, but then as soon as you get done talking, if there's a silence, your mind goes, we got to double check. Mm-hmm. And then you go backwards. Mm-hmm. And then instead of actually having the next topic Going to discuss, forward. yeah, you're doing the guess and check. Yeah. I guess that's what makes it a fun playground because if you really are a finely tuned, just down to earth, genuine good person, which we know Lucy is. 
person. And we're working on it to get to that level. <laughs> then you know that you can speak freely without upsetting anybody. Can I just go back really quick? I'm just thinking about the first podcast that we did and how most of it was just me talking about my experiences. Yeah. And how when we first met, you um, knew someone who said that all I do is talk about myself. Yeah. And I just thought that was so funny because we were still getting to know each other. So, of course, we were talking about ourselves. Yeah. To like... No, that's you good. You can definitely other. use the microphone to clear out the wrongs that you feel have been done to you. I appreciate that. No, I'm not saying like <laughs> the wrongs that have been done to me, but I was just saying, just the fiance thing. We've come so far. That's all. So how do we, so if this tool is used to create structure to something that's, and I said this word in the last recording, unrefined then could you agree that one of the goals of the final product of these is an organic yet somewhat polished memory bank? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That's what I strive for. Okay. I don't want to come on. You want to, to tell a story? Yeah, I don't want to go on to a recording and be an expert on everything. Who's an expert on everything? No one. Yeah, but even being someone who's like, I have the responsibility with a platform to go and oh. interview experts because people need to know the information. I just want to be someone that feels like this is a very unique aspect of life. I think speech is very powerful in life. The limbic system. The limbic system is wonderful. And I think that having an opportunity to take note of some of those wonders connected to your own life and then look back at it, you can never get these times back. It's a powerful thing. So go for it, right? Yeah. And in the meantime, Definitely. sharpen the fact that you are speaking un from the unrefined place. Keeping composure and forming new ideas. No pressure. No. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I guess the other thing that I, I would like to get really great at, if you would be so kind to join me on more of these, is learn, and I am still learning this because I have some very awkward pauses at times, but figure out where in this space that we speak from we can connect to relevant information because it kind of feels like we're in an abyss right now yeah you feel that that's a such a great way to describe it right like we are just sitting here what's bittersweet so silver lining here not bittersweet are those interchangeable bittersweet silver lining no really no. Even though bittersweet is like, it's bad, but it's good. Silver lining is it's bad, but you get this. Yeah, but they're not interchangeable phrases. Okay, but they have similarities. Yeah. Okay. So. I guess in the same way that like popsicle and fudgesicle are both on 
sticks. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That's a nice one. Thank you. So the bittersweet thing about it is that we get this sense of the space kind of closing, right? Bittersweet is like sad. Right. It's sad that it feels as though we're kind of locked in this space. Yeah. But sweet as working in it mm-hmm. is something, and you could deem it a skill set that we didn't have before doing it. And silver lining is after we do these, we have them to look back on in years oh, in future. That's nice. There we go. I want it to be publicly known that I go to you for more advice on grammar yeah and vocabulary growth than i ever thought i'd be able to speak with someone consistently about in my life you are like a walking dictionary thesaurus all the things thank you it comes from having an english teacher father just knowing words and so, I read a lot as a, like as a kid, I think. So you would just be hanging around the house and it would be like, 10 new words, go. Yeah, or if my parents brought Seriously? something how up. Seriously? Did- no, not what? like that. If my parents brought up <laughs> okay. like a new word in a conversation or a sentence, I would ask what it means kind of thing. You were just very, just very inquisitive? Yeah, like, oh, what does that word mean exactly? And then, oh, okay. So just like, you'd be coloring and then just look up and be like, what's that? What was that? <laughs> Shout out Tom Segura. <laughs> yeah, kind of. But I'll even say sometimes that I don't know the right words. So that's good. I'm not. I used to be more of a know-it-all and I'm working on it. I am too. Nobody likes know-it-alls. They, they don't. And they make... You start to stink as a person if yeah, you're a know-it-all. They make really irritating companions is it just because (laughs) so they're like dogs so it's hard to be around them for long periods of time i think there are a lot of types of people or types of types of parts of people i'm getting old enough to where i see that we're very we're very complicated very complex yeah this whole like one example defines a person era i don't have the luxury of having that anymore and i don't know if it was a luxury i guess i would say i don't have the the hindrance of that did you before oh when you're younger can you really not have that as a youngin oh like they did something bad therefore they're a bad person yeah you see one thing and now it's a defining just quality. very face value yeah yeah it's like now that i would say is bittersweet because that's, a, that's very true growing up like in grade school and stuff like if you do something in grade school you're forever marked as that kid usually it's a bad thing yeah but are you yeah. saying by teachers or by peers by peers yeah I guess, yeah i would say by peers i don't think teachers so much do that <laughs> that'd be funny not in my experience <laughs> that'd be pretty <laughs> you eat markers kid I don't need to take this from you. <laughs> they go and like talk about it. In the I teacher's know who room. you are. <laughs> <laughs> Why 
Why'd you pair those kids up? Well, that one needs markers. And Do that you one have a story glue. of where you were named something that stuck with you forever of something that you did? <sighs> Not so much physical qualities because I feel like everyone grows out of those. Um, well, I thought it was really funny that in high school, and I know we've talked about this, I, I don't know if this was me figuring it out or just doing it. I'm going to go with figure out. I want to give myself a little bit more clever. Isn't everyone kind of figuring it out in high school? I acted out a lot in high school. Mm -hmm. There were a lot of things I didn't have answers to looking back. (laughs) And so I just, I don't know. I just kind of figured. Max said it to me once so beautifully. He said, you always knew you were going to get attention on you. So you took control of the attention that was put on you. Yeah, I remember that. And I was like, that was very insightful. And what I had figured out was you can't punish a child or a young man. Are you a young man in high school or a young? Okay. A young man for simply having flagellants. Oh, yeah. So I would. But you kind of. Okay. Seek negative attention through flatulence in class. And I think that that stuck with me longer than I'd like to admit. Mm, yeah, probably. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's like an 80 to 90% chance that when certain people in high school look back at me, they're like, oh, the kid who always was gross. <laughs> like, was gross in class. So I guess that I, you know, I made my bed. Yep. But now I know for the next generation, don't do that. Yeah. Don't right. do it. You can pass that along. Just don't do it. Most people already know that, but you can pass it along. I'm not going to say anything about my childhood other than I'm here because of it. Yeah. And childhood has such a weird connotation now with, I don't know if it's, I mean, we're only living in our generation. Mm-hmm. But do you think it's like generation after generation there's always a span of one's life where they look back and they're like my childhood like if only i had a different childhood or if only my childhood was like this oh yeah because so many things define you as an adult that happened in your childhood so i'm sure i mean if you have some introspection about it and go back and think about what happened to you as a child or what your relationships were or events or trauma. I mean, those shape you as an adult for sure. Do you feel like with how giving and considerate you were as you grew up that you could look back with details on what you experienced or most of those details surround what you did for others? On certain events, looking back, like looking back on certain events, what? Because now I'm thinking out loud and I'm almost wondering. Are they more on my, I guess I'm confused. Because I'm kind of, I'm thinking out loud and I'm wondering, because every time we've done a podcast or a recording, we always get to where it's a lot of you doing amazing guest listening which is kind of like the opposite of the goal of any time that there's like somebody else here. Uh, and now I'm wondering, is that because of that gear of like, 
always giving, always considerate. And then apply that to all of the experiences you had growing up. What are some of the memories? Or is it all just you show up, you help, you do it again? I think it's a I think for me it was a mixture of a lot of things. I think as women growing up or as girls growing up, that was just there's a pretty heavy societal expectation of helping others, being giving, being motherly, nurturing, you know, whatever you want to call it, that we get from lots of influences around us. So there was that's the first one. That's a big one. I know that I'm not the only person who felt that growing up. Being the oldest, it was a lot of helping with younger siblings, helping mom because of younger siblings, helping around the house with younger siblings. I think that was one. Second, just spiritually faith-based. The church that I grew up in is very um, giving servant attitude, things like that. So I was getting that from you know, that side. And then I think that I don't actually know if it's because of all of those factors, but I think now I can say that my love language is acts of service, like doing things for other people is the way I show love to them. As you can, you know, probably attest to with just things that I like to do for people that I love, whether it be like making them coffee or cleaning or making dinner, you know, folding clothes, doing things like you that. You hate laundry. I do, but I will do it for you. You did say that. That was weird. But I end up, I'd say 90% of the time. And I thank you laundry. for that very much. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Hopefully that answers your question. I just think it's great when I get to experience being able to interact with somebody and I guess only at the levels that of course we would interact exclusively and just be able to take what historically seems like reserved or careful or worried and just try to apply some of my own understanding to say in so many ways you're good. Thank you. Safe space. Thank you. But I did poke a lot. And nobody likes that. Nobody likes a poker. Yeah. I'm very much more, very much more. That's onto the right track. Very much more. Right? I'm mm -hmm. very much more excited about the moments and opportunities where it seems like there's don't go back and think about it. I'm already, I've already said it. I get very excited about moments and opportunities where I get to contribute some of the out of the box thinking to a situation and then see if that results in an opportunity to see growth. Mm -hmm. I think that that's a very cool aspect of life and it's kind of like evolution, right? Cognitive evolution in a way. It's like, just think differently and you don't know what's going to come out of it. I don't want to take the reins on this conversation. 
I don't want to be well, the overbearing gonna, person. You're not overbearing. It's your podcast. I was just going to ask if you have... So as a youngest, if you can think of any qualities that you have that might come from external forces as a child that contribute to how you are now. Do a little self-reflection. Yeah, self-reflection, all four. Being the youngest. What's interesting about my situation of being the youngest is I was the biggest as the youngest. So people mm -hmm. thought that I was my sister's older brother. Mm -hmm. And when I turned 14, I was bigger than my oldest brother. And I took on this need to be the biggest or need this need the that big, nobody the biggest nobody said to me like do this but you know circumstances had it where you know i was meeting people and felt like i had to puff the chest out or be bigger or older or in life people treated me older than i was same i remember thinking when i was in fourth grade that people thought i might have been going into high school the next year mm-hmm I mean, it was always That's what like height does to you. It was always like I was never in line with the timeline that I was actually in. Same. And That's very well said. Sorry to interrupt. Oh gosh, I had that thought when I was fourteen. Okay, well, I was like, I, I have a decision here. I can either downgrade to what life is putting in front of me because life was basically saying you're ready. We're going to treat you like this because you're ready. So they thought. Older than you were. Yeah. You're ready to handle some of these conversations. You're ready to handle some of these situations. And we're not going to give you the same grace that we would if you were younger because you're ready. Because on the outside, I looked like I was a different age. Yeah. So I don't know if it was, you know, my dad's a businessman. Um, you know, clinical businessman, some kind of double trouble in terms of mm -hmm. the intensity there. Mm -hmm. And so that put a lot of weight into conversations that I had with him. My mom comes from a very hardworking family where you don't really talk, you just get it done. Mm -hmm. So it's just a big pot of, if you have an opportunity, take it. If people are going to put you in a situation, you're ready for it. And any moment you spend thinking that you're not or that you're doing something wrong, you're wasting time. So the youngest persona really didn't flourish as the stereotypical existence that most textbooks would say. Well, I think some of the things that textbooks say is the youngest is usually, um, usually likes attention usually likes trying to get attention, usually can get attention from the, the parents, and I think is usually a little bit more spoiled than the oldest. Okay, so let me attach, do you know the cell is. structures and what it looks like? It looks like little hexagons mm -hmm. and it branches off and different. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's kind of take that approach with what the results are of that textbook. So they're saying the youngest likes to get attention this is stereotypically okay stereotypical, right, right? Yeah. and so i'm saying that as the youngest but being biggest 
technically I, I satisfied that box. However, the attention I was getting wasn't because I was the youngest. Mm-hmm. The attention I was getting was because I was the biggest. Right. So it's always been this kind of, but not totally the case. Mm-hmm. And so it's been kind of a blessing and a curse because it's not totally one thing. It's not totally the other. Mm-hmm. Is that enough self-reflection? Yeah. This podcast is nothing more than an opportunity to connect further with you. Equal parts. I'm trying. I'm sorry. (laughs) I haven't done as many of these as you have, you know, so. How often have you listened back to your own voice? Never. Well, not never, but rare, rarely. I went through a stretch where it was after I graduated college and I was working towards what my career is now, getting the right resume builders and making sure that I was respecting the time that it was going to take. And I don't know what prompted me to do it, but I had a drive that I used to take from where I was living to the gym and it was about 25 minutes. And I just started recording myself and just started to think out loud. And I probably have the recordings on my phone. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. And what year? Uh, probably like 2018. Okay. I didn't really have a lot of friends that I hung out with consistently. A lot of the people that I went to high school with moved away and then going out to college so far from home, I wasn't going to be by anyone really because a lot of those people pulled in from Colorado, you know, some from the South. Mm -hmm. And then the one friend that I knew ended up staying out in Wyoming. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have a lot of that like soundboard benefit that you get from having friends consistently. And so I started to find myself when you think of rabbit holes and overthinking, I mean, it was bad. It was like, I didn't live in a world of rabbit holes. I lived in a rabbit hole. Yeah. And so I wanted to just like have that feedback. And then I, I did a blog, I guess kind of a blog with like an like an autobiography website that I took down from public viewing. The inspiration of it was very weird because it was at a time where I wasn't really able to express myself through friendships because I wasn't really hanging out with many people. And it was almost like I defaulted to getting it out somehow. Yeah. And so that's where I guess like, like a poor, like a cliche poetically, I found my voice again. And I don't know if many people have have to go through those types of stages in life i don't think so i yeah i pretty actively try to avoid which i don't think is very uncommon i think it's very common that people don't like the sound of your voice because of the whole it sounds different in your head than when you actually hear it whole type of thing but i i don't know if i brought this up on a podcast previously with you but when i listen to my voice back I become very self-aware of my former speech impediment and can pick it up. Did I talk about this on a different one? 
No. Okay. Even when it's clearly not there, you still like. Oh, I can still hear it. Hear it ring through. Yeah. Oh, get so out. then I get really I, self. There's nothing. Okay. Then I, I get really self-conscious. Then other people are hearing it too. So, for clarification, I grew up overseas, and overseas where we lived, there were a lot of English people that I was interacting with when I was like five, six, seven, kind of those years. And English people don't pronounce their R's the way Americans do. So, and I'm a little bit of a, a little bit of a parrot, like just listening to something and can mimic it back, you know. So I just stopped saying my R's. Do you think R's. that's because of like, you like theater? Yeah. Okay. I think it's just so memorizing like lines and, and lines and okay. yeah, impressions, things like that. And so I just kind of stopped saying my R's. And then when we moved back to the United States, it became very apparent that I didn't sound like the other kids my age. So I went to public school and I was in, you know, like travel soccer, travel soccer, rec, parks and rec <laughs> soccer, let's be honest. Parks and rec soccer. And I don't actively remember ever having a speech impediment. I do remember going to speech pathology classes, um, which I was in for probably like three years after we came back to the state. So like from seven to 10 and just did exercises to say my R's and learned the proper movement to do with your tongue and you know, all of that really detailed stuff to be able to say one letter properly. <laughs> but as an adult, I wait, when you were going in, through it, did you know what was happening? You just were showing up to something your parents told you to no, go to. No, I knew what it was cuz I remember I so would did do you, exercises did you have, to say Did you have R like where you move your tongue. Were you embarrassed? Did you shush? No, me? I was I was going to say shame. I'm sorry. That is funny though. I was like, did you shush, shush, shush. <laughs> Did you have like embarrassment going to the class? Yeah, because after so I went I second and third grade, <laughs> second and third grade I was in a public school that was like two blocks away from my house. But then third or no, second and third grade I was there. Fourth grade, I think it might have been just fourth grade. I think so. Fourth grade I was homeschooled, but I would still go to the class on Wednesdays. I would have like an hour long class every Wednesday. So I would walk and just walk into the school just for that, check in at the desk, whatever, go upstairs. I could still probably tell you where the class was or the, the teacher's office, the speech pathologist's office. But yeah, I used to do exercises where when you say your R's, you bring your tongue up and back to the back of your, just kind of to the back of the top of your mouth almost. Okay, yeah. And then I remember I would be in class with other kids. So there'd be like maybe two or three of us in total. And they would be working on different letters. Nobody had problems saying their R's except me. And they got to do like cool exercises where they'd have to like, you know, say the word or say these words back. And I just had to go in and talk. And I was like, I want to do these cool exercises. But what? I had progressed so far what along. What exercises? I don't know, like, 
saying a bunch of words that had R in them, like back to back to back to back. You know, like I would just go in and and the like, the pathologist would say, "So tell me how your week was," and I would just talk because are, I had what progressed are those called? so it's like far. Sally sells seashells right. by the seashore. Those kind of things. I don't know. Do you know the name of no, that? No, I don't. Come on, you're the vocab. I know. I don't queen. remember. We call them vocal warm-ups in theater. Nice. But yeah, like the Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers. A peck oh. of people, a peck of pickled peppers Peter Piper picked. Yeah. So I would just have conversations <laughs> the, with them. The human torch was denied a bank loan. It's from Anchorman. Not, yeah. Yeah. So I would just go in and have conversations and they got to do like cool exercises where they like warmed up, you know, by saying like, and i would just go in and she would say so how's your week been and i would just have a conversation so so when i hear my voice back i am very conscious of my r's okay and saying them and my parents still bring up the words that i used to say incorrectly which is well i just want to applaud you i'm gonna put my tea down here and wow thank you i'm so that was amazing that was a good story. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. That's very nice. Yep. That's going to be a very favorite. That's going to be a future favorite part of mine to listen to. Oh, thanks. Absolutely. That's very sweet of you. I think that that is amazing that you went through that. And that takes a lot of courage. Kind of crazy, right? Like and the I fact never, that you were I aware. said my R's properly. And then I didn't. And then I had to relearn how to say them. <laughs> because I was just around people who didn't say them properly. Is that why though? Yeah, that is why. Yeah. You didn't you didn't like a little bit being like the rab- the rabbit. No. 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 Oh, and the other part was I have run into people who knew me when I played soccer. Back then I called it soccer. Oh jeez. Yeah. How old were you? You like said? Seven, eight, nine. Okay. When when did you run into these? Like when I would be pastimers in in high school a couple times, like at the local Meyer, we'd run it. Like we we would run into people that I played soccer. You almost with. did it, did you? Yeah, so that's a very one. We'd run one. Wow. Yeah, claw, wabbit. Yeah, that's bad. bad. It's bad. That's bad. Yeah. So, and then they would bring up like, oh, you had that English accent, and I was like. Huh. They actually would say, oh, I just remember you used to have an English accent. Do you think they're being nice or they're like, that's the person who could not speak? I don't know. I hope that it's them thinking she actually did. She actually did. You know what I think is fascinating? I'm going to take a huge leap and a bound here. I think it's fascinating that you can put a plant (laughs) in a window and barely water it and it gets sunlight through the window because if you're in a car and you have your arm by the window, you don't get sunburn. So how can the plant absorb the sunlight? That's not true. You can get sunburned through a window. Yeah. No. Yeah. Every time I've ever driven with my arm on the ledge with the window closed, no sunburn. Truckers get um, skin cancer on only one side of their face. Yeah, because their windows are open. Why would they have their windows open on highways? I don't know. It's because their windows are open? You know for a fact. So you're going to you're gonna stand on this. That 
if a window is closed and I stand in front of a window with sunlight coming through, I'm just as susceptible to danger. No, not just as susceptible. Not just to as the rays susceptible of the sun. To the gamma rays. No, I, not just. That's a bold claim. Because that goes against a lot of certainty that I've had about that for a while. Well, maybe not. So, do you know why a plant can grow with sun rays through the window? No. What do you find fascinates you the most about breathing? How little we think about it and how... Yep, you can still get a sunburn through a window. But again, it depends on the type of window you're sitting by and other factors. Yeah. Like the time of day yeah. and strength the UV, of the sun. Yeah, the UV rays. Sunburn is more likely with longer exposure to the sun on days when the UV index mm -hmm. is high. high. Yep. Touche. Well done. Touche. Touche. Allison, I don't have the answers. And know, I'm going to tell either. that to the younger generation. That's good. We all I think it's good to not be a know-it-all and to always be learning. My ABL. biggest regret in life always be learning is that when it comes to my contribution, I feel like I'm never going to think I did enough because I always overestimate how much I can do. Wow, that's pretty deep. I also think that what's going to be really amazing in life is that the more that I look to what's been around in life for centuries, and what's millennia? What's the timeline of millennia? It's a thousand years, right? A few millennia. You can't argue with just what's last, what has lasted. The time that things have last, lasted. But you gotta read. You gotta read. You gotta read. You gots to do it. The other it. night I was like, I just need a break. I just need to look at something else. Yeah. So I started reading. I, I gotta pick up some some good books. You gotta read. You gotta do it. Got to, got to read. <laughs> got to, 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 got and in the morning, I'll make waffles. We believe that it's good to drink coffee, but not everybody thinks that. So one thing my mom told me about the drinking coffee versus not drinking coffee is yep. there have been so many studies. So many studies. About how drinking coffee is good for you. And there have been so many studies on how drinking coffee is bad for you. So she said, just live your life. Live that life to the fullest. And on that note. No, not even close. Come on. Come on. You're no. You need to understand that this is fun because we finally got a groove. It took a while, but we found the groove. You know, there are these weird dots on our ceiling. I think those are the studs from right they gotta be the floor and we the, went to it looks like they were just painted over we went to an alumni event for marion yep that was fun 
It was soups fun. I haven't been back to a Marion football game in ten years. Would it, it? It would have been since your last, like since your last day of high JK, school, right? Liam used to coach for a school around Chicago, Loyola. Yeah. And he had us. He didn't have us. You went one time. He's very persuasive because he's very loving. So I would say he had us. He persuaded us to go <laughs> and enjoy the show where nobody knows what will really blow through the field when the snow starts to, to go. go. So I went there a couple years ago. Okay. But I was on the visitor side, so it didn't count. Yeah. But it was fun. And I guess high school is a weird place. Yeah, high school is a super weird place after you get out of college. I think when college. you're in college and you go to high school, you're like not that far removed, right? Once you're out of college, you're like, I used to think as a freshman. I was the coolest. That, no. That the seniors were so cool. Because they drove cars to school. They drove the cars. They could carry purses around they and it wouldn't the look weird. They, the senior boys were just so grown up. You went so to high handsome. school with a graduating class of 30. So? You're speaking demographics as though they were 3,000. Nice. I guess every high school you get a taste of the experience though, regardless of how many yeah, students Yeah, come on. Are. Let me share my own. My okay. own experience. I like this accompaniment. Yep. It's nice. It's nice. It is. It's nice. <sighs> but then you get out of then you get out of college. You get out of it. We've been out of college, I mean you for probably thirty five years. All in all. <laughs> you for like six years. Six whole years times five. Me for three years. Three and whole years. I can't believe years. I'm three decades older than you. That's not how that That's works. That's wild. So, and then you go back to high school and you're just thinking, these kids look like children. Well, they are children. baby people. They are children. So they that are makes doing sense. these adult things and they think that they are the coolest and they're so grown up because they're teenagers and whatnot but they are baby people they are children and it's so so weird to it's just it's just weird oh it's weird i guess it's just growing up right i'm sure i'll have that at some point looking back at people in college too the last thing i want to have happen in my life is i don't want to get to a point where i'm older than any time i was and look back and go i wasn't really participating so got off the topic comment. That's how I felt about high school. Oh, you felt like you weren't participating in high school? I felt like I was showing up. You people were, kind of, yeah. were giving me hints at Attention. how to be, and I took it. Attention is the football star. I wouldn't even say attention. It was, we will... We will applaud you through laughs and attention. Yeah, I guess so. The youngest. If you do these things. Owning... The attention that gets put on me, though, because if I go into an environment and I notice I do this and this and this and that gets me attention and I get the sense that I'm going to have attention on me anyway, I'm just going to jump the gun and do this, this and this. 
Yeah, but you chose it in such a bad way. And it wasn't bad, it was just... Immature. It was very immature. Yeah. What would be funny is to actually think about all of the kids that the probably the biggest impression you made on them, and they're now 27, 28-year-old yeah. adults, just thinking like, yeah, he was the kid that always fooled around in class. I did fart. And interrupted the teacher. I did. Yeah, not really so, proud of that. That's interesting. Well, we all grow up. You are I definitely. I say my R's now. Correctly. You do. You are definitely a change of pace for me. Correctly. Correctly. In a way that totally. A change of pace. Fulfills who you are entirely as a as a whole person what and then connected to my life is there was such a weird there was such a i'm not gonna say weird there was such a fascinating wave that came over me when we first started dating that i'd never experienced this with anybody but it was almost as if my entire life i was wrong a lot when it came to where i put my attention and where i put my heart and where I put my effort. But there were pieces of where that direction was that I was on to something. Oh, yeah. And it's hard to set that up quickly because it makes it seem like you aren't as unique as you are because it basically says that through all these different splicings, I experienced like different variations of what I have come to just absolutely love about who you are and what we have. But it really was how I've been given my life to live. And other people have their own path. But it seemed like my path was a lot of trial and error. <laughs> in ways that left me so confused because I, to my core, was like, but I know that I felt strongly about this. Yeah. And it was a lot of little this. Mm -hmm. And then I found that, right, for sake of... Nice. Poeticness. Well, I don't think necessarily that's a bad thing because isn't that kind of what dating is? Is finding the qualities in some people that you really like? Versus yeah, but is, it, is dating don't? about finding the gold mine? And having it be this whole new world like Aladdin sings about? Or is it about critically thinking, why have you put your time and effort into where you have and then putting it all together? I think everybody can answer that question and has to answer their, that question on their own. Okay. So I then it goes to life to is everybody's complex. Different. We yeah. all have our own thing. Yeah. Okay. I didn't have as many relationships as you did, but I still knew the characteristics and some of the attributes that I really connected with and then found ones that I didn't even know were possible to be all in one wonderful person, but they were, and that was you. And you're tall. I'm tall. You're very tall. You're very tall, too. You're very tall. Very tall. We're tall people. We are. 
I just want to know I'm doing everything right, you know? But this is life. You can't do everything right. That's part of the beauty of it. But isn't that what's great about it is that I can do it respectively right? To your own being measuring? Yeah, let me ask you this. Do you think that it's possible that we all have this idea that there's no such thing as a perfect world? But is there such thing as everybody perfectly being them? Yes. And then some people call that utopia. Well, I think that's what everyone should strive to be is just perfectly them, which is really hard because, I mean, we could go down this rabbit hole forever, but. You know what's tough though? Social media and society tells people they should be this, and they should look like this, they should act like this, they should do this, this is how stories should be and act and all these okay, things. Okay, so let me ask like, you this then. So. Not attainable. We right, speak in a very loose, kind of non-hard, opinionated, like, stronghold, politically speaking, morally, ethically, we just exist in this conversation as kind of like, we're good people, we're gonna, like, not be, like, rude. Rude. Right. But then there are aspects of life where it's like, what are your thoughts on this? Oh, those people? Well, it's just, is it, is that really the case in life? Or is that a tool that people use to corner you? Well, you do that sometimes. Not when it comes to the, like, unarguables. Oh, no. Are you kidding me? No, no, no. Sorry. So what, I didn't what's know the that take was, on all that? I didn't know that was what you were referring to. Is that really a facet of life? A hard facet of life. And this is where you gotta you gotta pop your bubble I and think, you gotta realize that we are not we are part of a world. I think we're that, not just in the phone. I sound like <laughs> peace and love, man. It stresses me out. I think that life is for learning and I think that they're I think that being open to possibilities of how expansive and different just aspects of life are is a beautiful thing. And I think that there are some people that have their truth and they hold on to their truth. And I think that that's fine. As long as you also recognize that your truth may not be someone else's truth and just have that mutual respect. So we went to... There are so many possibilities of learning. Okay, so this is where I think we've segued beautifully into where I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this... I'm not going to name anything, but I'm going to reference an experience we had in a state that is not ours. And we were at a location of a group Mm -hmm. that invited somebody to speak to the group. And typically these unions, let's say, don't mingle. And they don't coexist. Mm -hmm. When we were in the back of that room, because we were there with family... And we were being supportive. I remember sitting there and thinking of everything I'm hearing right now. What would be a logical thing to stand up and speak on? Not that I had a platform, but feeling so urged to because there was so much disagreement in how the situation be, was being handled. Yeah. 
because of the viewpoints that were being stunted and then people making these very rash decisions off of them. Is there anything that I could say that would actually make a difference? Right. And there really wasn't. And there isn't. And yeah. that's when I realized that there's something very interesting about being a part of this human condition that if you convince yourself enough, there's a belief of something. You almost create this lever that as soon as somebody comes around and starts to talk about it, it flips and now you are unmoved. Yeah. And there's nothing that you can hear. There's nothing that even as you're having the conversation would take you off of a predisposed idea that you've settled on. Mm-hmm. So that's why when we don't watch a lot of news. No. But when we do see it on some of the, you know, I don't know whether it's Instagram or some social media, it's just like. Or at friends' houses, families. It will never go away, will it? No, because that is people's comfortable safe zone. That's their bubble. And you particularly like popping bubbles, but. I don't even like to do it. No, I don't like popping bubbles. I like common ground. I love common ground because you establish common ground and there is less in in my opinion there's a there's a lower risk of aggression there's a lower risk of danger because we're all people we're all kind of fragile here yeah i just i'll never understand it it's a very weird thing to go from the kid who farted in class and was a class clown to find to find myself in a situation in life as I get older and to think what's like why is that a thing yeah I just I'll never get it I know I don't know it's hard, too, because you know that those types of people live in your world, but they will never see how beautiful the world can actually be. Yeah, I would even say, like, not even, like, you walk out and there's a bed of roses or something. I'm just saying, yeah, I mean, my beautiful is... I know, I just want to make sure that, like, beautiful is in, like, there is euphoria in connection. Right. Is that what you meant? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I didn't, I just wanted to make sure that it wasn't like, everyone gets along, we all plant more seeds. Johnny Appleseed. I just don't get it. And what's, what makes me frustrated about it is that I like to masticate on a lot of thought, but no matter how many ways I spin it, trying to process that side of life always seems like one of the most toxic places to live. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't understand it. Speaking of Johnny Appleseed, do you remember when you were at my family's house and we all started singing? Oh, yeah. Totally took me off guard. (laughs) That's a a collective. (laughs) I would actually... I know that it's difficult for me to end these things sometimes, but I will end 
if you if you'd have me on what happened today because it taught me something sure okay so today was interesting because i put a lot of effort into well i mean i put a lot of effort into a lot of days when i work and i just say that because when you really put your heart and soul into something it seems like it's more than the other thing but that's what's difficult right now is I'm trying to push on that consistently. And so it was just a, it was a tough day. It was a tough morning because I'm finally really gaining some great momentum with like the pa- the true passion I have for what I'm doing. And I'm really trying to like put myself out there, but it's sales. So like if you don't wake up every day at sales and know that, you know, you, you're going to see a little bit more rejection, unfortunately, at times than people just flocking to talk to you. I mean, you know, some people view sales as like a walking agenda. And so you just have to work with that, I guess. But so I wake up and I was really excited. You know, I'm, I've actually learned how to be more optimistic through all that, you know, trudging through some of those tougher moments. But we had this whole day mapped out where we were going to take a big trip to follow through on an opportunity that came up and I had all this preparation go into it and then life happens and there was a rescheduling. And so that first felt like, I mean, this was by like 8am. We had a whole plan day from like 8am to 6pm and then one phone call and now there's a lot of shifting. Good practice, though, because if you don't practice shifting, then that's another skill set that you wouldn't get if you just got your, you know, nice, clean little routine. And sometimes I grow the most when I have to have that shift. So I'm trying to regain a lot of that momentum that I had going into what I thought was going to be the day. And then it changed. And most of the time that causes me to be kind of off base with all of my decision making because it feels like I'm already a little bit behind because I had to adjust. Fortunately, when you find the right person in life to be a good compliment and a good pillar in being that support when some of those changes happen, there's a lot of quick, quickly regained ground. And so that was what mid-morning ended up becoming. Well, in all that shifting from the day sort of changing, I was able to catch another opportunity in stride later in the afternoon. So as we're sort of like regaining our footing after a little bit of a slight adjustment this morning, I'm getting ready to leave for the opportunity in the afternoon and... I noticed that I had worn, because I ended up having to come back home, so instead of it being an on-the-road day all day, it was more of work from home, so I put on more comfortable shoes. And so I go to leave, and we had a great goodbye. We were just kind of celebrating that, you know, kind of a mini celebration, like we, we regained the day. It was a great day. And then I'm like, okay, I'll see you later. Like, let's get after it. And so as I'm walking to my car, I'm like, I am kind of slipping in my <laughs> as I'm walking. I don't usually feel this way when I'm in like work attire. And I'm like, this feels kind of weird. So I look down and I'm wearing my like 
work from home slippers. So anyway, <laughs> I call up Allison and it's obviously like, is everything okay? Like I just saw you a minute ago. And so I'm like, can you bring my shoes down? But I had to park down the street. And so we live on a one way. So I had to do a whole circle. But instead of doing a whole circle where she thought I was going to pull it right by the door, where she graciously came down with my work shoes, I ended up just going to the street before. So she would have to turn the corner because if I stayed on the street that I chose, I would be able to get to the highway quicker. And I thought that it was a good decision. Well, in her coming down, she didn't bring the keys to the apartment. And... Because I thought that you were meeting me at the door. It was a slightly windy day. So, yeah, and I answered the phone from my Apple Watch, which was just not great. I couldn't really hear everything that you said. So I thought that you were... Which you sounded great on that call. So when you told me it was your watch, I had no idea. Oh, yeah. I couldn't hear you very well. So I thought you were going to come to the door, and then, you know, if I'm just downstairs at the outside door... I have to bring keys because I'm just standing by the door. But you didn't come to the door. You actually meant I'm going to be in my car and I'm going to pull around. So then I was looking for you out on like we have like an outside porch steps kind of thing. So I was like looking for you up and down the street. Where were you? And then I hear honk honk. And then you're maybe like 300 feet, 400 feet just around the corner um, across the street. So then I open up the door with a, so there's an inside and an outside door to get into the building. And I open up the inside door with a brick and, and hold it there. And the outside door, I put like something in the way. Cause I'm just going to run down, give him your shoe, give you your shoes and then come back. So I do that. And we do the shoe handoff and then I turn around Say goodbye again. I go back up. I go back up the porch, and the inside door. Somebody on our in our building had come in in between the time. It was like maybe forty five seconds tops, like so fast. When you had given me the shoes. When I given you the shoes, we say goodbye. I turned around to go back. And I get in my car, and now I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go head to my meeting. So I'm gonna head to the highway. So the door that I go into is locked. And before I came downstairs, I started heating up some black beans for some bean tacos, black bean tacos for lunch. So the stove is on. Lucy's upstairs. I have no keys. I have no phone. My Apple Watch is no longer connected to my phone because I'm downstairs and the inside door is locked. And so panic mode. So what I noticed, first of all, was she had come down with no. She usually wear usually wear these sandals and you didn't have your sandals on and you were just wearing socks. So the first thing I thought was, okay, so she just came down quickly. So obviously maybe not so much of like double checking things just run downstairs get the shoes yep that giving that considerate got the best at you and so i'm leaving and i'm thinking about the socks and then i'm thinking about it being kind of windy and when we moved 
there was that door with the brick that never stayed open with the brick. That brick does nothing. Yeah. So when I, when I was leaving, I, I thought socks. And then I, I thought, okay, if you left the doorway and you left the brick, possibly, I'm going to say you didn't bring your keys because you were wearing socks. And the chance of that brick falling out of place, very high. Yep. So on the way to the highway, I just go, I'm going to call her. I'm just going to give her a call. Win-win. I'm going to thank her. But I also had this thought of like, but what if? Yep. I don't know why. I was just like, but what if? So I call again and again and again. I get to 10 calls between leaving and getting to the last turn before it would have been the highway. Mm-hmm. Pretty much like right there. And I was like, okay, I'm going to call the work phone because I thought maybe the phone's on silent. Maybe she, I don't know, was in the bathroom. I don't know. So when you didn't answer your work phone, I was like, I have to turn. And I had gotten down to the timing where I was like, okay, so I've got more than enough time, but I also had to go and get something printed. So I was like, okay, well, let me think about this. I've got, it'll probably take five minutes to go check. And I kept calling throughout when mm-hmm. I decided to turn, but I was at that stop sign. I was like, I'm going to go check because this just seems very odd. And then meanwhile, I go keep calling 10 calls, two calls, the work phone. And this is where I get in my head where I'm like, okay, what I'm most likely going to do is I don't know why I keep feeling like this, but I'm going to pull up to the street I'm going to get out. I'm going to kind of sprint upstairs because I'm running late. I'm just going to be like, why is your phone off? Yeah. And I have to be more of just like, are you good? Like, what's going on? Mm -hmm. But right before I got there, I was like, worst case scenario, maybe something terrible. So As in like health wise, like you made it upstairs. Oh. Like something in the apartment. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So while that's all going on, I I have no clue. And I am... I mean, it is full panic mode. I am ringing all of the apartment doors to the front door. Cause because all I would have been need, gone for like three hours. Yeah. And the oven was on. Lucy was all alone. There was food on the oven. I just need somebody to open the door. I don't because the upstairs doors wasn't locked like to our actual unit. So all I needed was someone to come and open the door. But I couldn't go around the back and get like the back keys to go up the back way because we have an, a front entrance and a back entrance because the back door we have is always um, bolted with a chain. So I couldn't even get into the door if I wanted to. So there was very little I could do. I was like reaching over to bang on like the front neighbor's windows because I know them and they like might be home. By. It was like 10 minutes. It felt like 45 minutes. No phone, no, no phone, keys, no keys. I just like left. The worst situation. And I was like, I am so stupid. I can't believe I didn't. Cause some, and I knew that somebody had to have walked in and closed the door because the brick didn't move it. 
somebody had moved the brick and gone in in those like 45 seconds I was out getting your shoes. So somebody was home. But I don't think that the doorbell system actually works because I kept ringing, 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 ringing. I was banging on the door. I was knocking on the door. I was knocking on the window. I had like three moments where I just full out started bawling because I was like, I don't know what to do. And then I was like, I guess I just need to stop somebody on the street and ask for their phone because thank God I actually know your phone number, which is rare because some people you got don't into that it. step already. Yeah, I was like because I don't know what else to do. I know socks, you have keys. socks on, That's socks hilarious. on, <laughs> and my biggest thing was I can't just sit out here and wait for three hours because the stove is on. That's what was getting to me. That's where it was like I had to be urgent. So what I thought was 45 minutes ended up being like 10 minutes. I am trying to get the door. I'm like banging on the door. I'm just trying to get somebody's attention. And then I turn and I step outside of the porch because I was like, I'll just see if somebody's coming up the street. And my wonderful, amazing, handsome fiance comes walking up the street. And looks at me, takes one look, and just starts smiling because he knew instantly <laughs> what had happened. And I was SOL. And he was my savior, my rescuer. He came to my aid, opened the door for me, and got to see him again before he left. And it felt like it was out of a movie. At first, when I saw him walking up the street, I didn't think it was real. I was like, now I'm hallucinating. Great. Really? Yeah. Oh, geez. So, lesson. If you feel the tug on the heartstrings or the, the slight pull to check, go and do it. Because you never know. And I will say that helping. that did initiate it. However, always trust cognitive function as well. Because if it wasn't for the processing of thinking brick, totally unreliable. Yeah. Socks, totally out of character. <laughs> and and the phone, right? The phone. Yeah. Those were the big tells. But what a story. Oddly enough, what was just the weirdest turn of the morning. Whether it was because we're doing a lot of good things in life mm-hmm. or we're paying attention to what's important. I've had a lot of days that could have been similar to a very worser version of what today was. Yeah. And to have a day where it felt like serious movement towards our goals and what we want. Yeah. With notable action. While being just super connected. Was very cool. Yeah. Well, it was. So we're basically just a couple hippies right now. I'm kidding. But I have to... You know what? I just need to do more research on the hard-hitting topics that drive people. That's all it is. Yeah. And I'm just... I've had some tough conversations with people that are very close to me recently. One person in particular that I did not expect the conversation to go where it went. And I don't know how to totally look at that. Is it I need to understand the reality of some of the very difficult aspects of life and know that being a good person 
It's so sad. It's like being a good person doesn't cut it. You have to be a good person and know how to defend a point of view that is forced yeah. A or B. Yeah. What do you do? Just keep learning. Avoid? Just keep having an open mind. It's either A or B or avoidance. What an option. What a series of options. Yeah. That's why I, you know, almost thankfully, gratefully bury myself in work. Being in uh, industry, in industry, where effort put forth impacts longevity mm-hmm. is very fulfilling. Yeah. My own, too. As a user of the treatment that I provide oh, wow. through the company that I work with, mm-hmm. I also feel that fulfillment. Huh. Nice. All right. Would you like me to attempt the ditty again? Yes, please. On the closeout? Close. Yeah. Okay. I will attempt the ditty. It's a work in po- progress. I almost said a work in progress. Now I'm getting it. <laughs> Well, thank you, Allison. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Mm, Thanks for having me on. All right, no pressure. Thank you.